2: If you're listening to this podcast, and you are, you're most probably listening through a pair of headphones, which means I have the perfect sponsor with the perfect product for you. It's Studio, and they want to revolutionize the way people see headphones. It's not just a techie utility device, but also a stylish accessory. Generally, fashionable headphones tend to lack Proper sound quality and the high-tech ones are bulky and not design orientated. Studio bridged that gap while emphasising sleek, modern Scandinavian design. They've created a product that matches the quality of even the highest-rated headphones on the market for a fraction of the cost. To get a fifteen percent discount on any of their wares, go to studioSweden.com, which is spelled S-U-D-I-O Sweden.com, and simply put in the code d t d when purchasing a pair of headphones oh and they make the perfect gift for christmas this podcast is a royfield brown production find others on itunes
3: all right
2: In an uncertain world there is always music which can be listened to in good company Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people To the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both Today we speak to podcaster Stephen Guerra about craft beer and artisanal breweries In 1994, when aged four, Tinoosh Saleri started playing the piano. The Berlin producer is responsible for the Deep House classic Struggle that lifts Aretha Franklin's vocals from the dance hit A Deeper Love, which you probably guessed was released in 1994.
3: I've got a strong will to survive. I've got a deeper love, a deeper love, a deeper deep inside. inside.
2: Steve, I know that you're a man that likes a bar, you like a drink, you like your artisanal beers. I like a weak, crappy lager. quenches my thirst, and then I settle down to my whiskies. Where am I going wrong?
1: I think you're on to something with that, but I think if you like the essential elements of your weak, crappy lager, you can work your way into beer Bubble, Steve. i I like like the bubbles i like wetness and bubbles i think there's a taste in there that that you like that you're nostalgic for and you can get that in craft beers and it's it really becomes more of a taste experience than it does just a um you know a way to get you into your whiskeys Now, you're
2: presupposing, because you says a a nostalgia thing. I want you to tell me about your journey into the world of of craft beers, because I know you're a little bit of a connoisseur.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it really is flavor. It's, you know, I think like everybody else in college, I had... Budweiser or Bud Light. Around here, Labatt is a popular choice. (laughs) You get a certain flavor profile from that. It's just like when you're a kid and you eat those pies or cakes that come wrapped up in plastic. And then you have a real piece of like really decadent chocolate cake you're getting all those flavors that are that were so comfortable for you you Steve, know. basically what you're saying
2: is i have the palate of a child when it comes to a, my appreciation of alcohol
1: <laughs> you have an immature flavor profile right now i think craft beers is the sort of thing you know when you say I... taste profile an immature taste profile you're <laughs> saying i can't
2: taste for shit is that really what you're saying I don't know what I'm putting in my mouth. I don't appreciate it.
1: I don't think you're there yet. Okay. All right. Tell me what I'm missing out on. You say you like a crappy lager. What's maybe one of the brands you like?
2: Um, This is the thing, Steve. If it's got bubbles and it's kind of light yellow, I'm there. (laughs) 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 Because, okay, my parents always grew up with saying to me, have a little taste of their drink. My parents are not drinkers. So for me, when I go to a bar, part of the conundrum for me is what am I going to order? Because actually, I'm there to socialize. I'm not there to drink.
1: And I think that that's definitely where tasting comes in. You want to have something that tastes good. And still, you're not there to just get completely inebriated. Mm hmm. So
2: I'm a layman in the world of of craft beers. Lead me on a path, though, sir. What type of things should I be appreciating when they hit my tongue?
1: I would say for somebody who is brand new, you're just used to having something that's yellowish in color and bubbly. A good first step is something Mm -hmm. like a wheat beer, like something like a blue moon. It's got just a little bit more body, a little bit more flavor to it, but you're still, you know, it's more or less a yellow color and it, and it's bubbly because it's just a little bit more complicated. It's going to make you just have a little bit more of an enjoyment. I mean, but I think you can have something that's just a little bit better than what you're accustomed to having that's not that much more expensive i'm not one of these uh, uh real hop heads where you drink a you know drinks a beer is that a word oh yeah there's a hop head? hop heads. He hops they um you know they, they'll drink a beer that's so bitter that you know if somebody like you for example who's not accustomed to that if you had one it would feel like you know you sucked on the most powerful lemon you've ever had in your life <laughs> not that isn't even what i'm necessarily interested in i'm looking for more that Something that's flavorful and has a little bit more body and is just a little bit more interesting. Well, talking about
2: something that's like flavorful and got a little bit of body, Steve, right? You have to tell me why. You've decided to go for Rush and Subdivisions as your piece of music this week. Normally, I, I sit in silence when one of my guests picks a piece of music which I don't like, and I will always try and find something positive about it. But please tell me why, why this early 80s bit of prog rock sounding... Um, what, what's, what's a polite way of saying? Um, <laughs> dirge. Dirge, there you go. <laughs> Why
1: you're so into it, I know because you hit on the two most important things early 80s and prog rock. They're virtuosos, they are all basically jamming out a hundred percent, yet it all comes together. Is just really, I don't, I don't see how somebody with such refined ta- musical taste as yours would not see that.
2: People will know that after some 50 odd episodes of this podcast, that uh, there are certain gaps in my musical appreciation and prog and rock are definitely (laughs) two genres where you throw them together and I go oh dearie me and I'm all about the early 80s I think the early 80s is an exciting time in music you know when the synthesizer kind of comes to its fore and where um, melodies kind of get slightly deconstructed and where you have all the the British kind of synth bands who the the guys could could barely sing more than three notes but it all kind of hangs together but surely by the early 80s wasn't prog rock even kind of over wasn't a spent four by then, you'd had Led Zeppelin leading the way in the mid 70s. By the early 80s, it's like, oh. This
1: is like yesterday's music. I don't, I'm not as much of an expert in that sort of thing, but I think that Rush sort of bridged the gap because they were a good rock band. They just have everything going for them. I know that these guys could absolutely
2: play play the instruments, and they're kind of known for their complex compositions, but I, I must admit, when you say to me you're going to put on some prog rock <laughs> on my show, Steve, I, I I let you do that through gritted teeth, but, but let's listen to Subdivisions.
1: I'm so glad that's
2: over. <laughs> Let's talk about. I'm glad beer I hijacked. Again.
1: <laughs> I, I finally hijacked Friday Fifteen. When did this craft beer revolution start? I'm no expert, but I'm going to say that it was really in the '80s that it's late '80s, early '90s that it started to get rolling, especially in a few of the big cities on the East Coast, like Boston, and on the West Coast, and. Seattle and Portland. And now I don't think you could go into any medium sized city throughout the United States and get a really good craft beer. What for you is a definition of a craft beer? Is it the amount of units
2: that uh, the brewery sells or doesn't sell or what? what? You know, How can I define
1: that this isn't just Budweiser trying to pass themselves off as a, as a cool, funky beer? From what I've heard, that that's a really highly contested issue. And they're even working on a certifying agency to say what's craft beer and what isn't. For me, what I'm looking for is maybe something that isn't quite as big. But there still are some really big brands. Um, that still make a really solid, solid tasting beer. So for me, I think it's more quality issue that I'm looking for than necessarily that it's a small batch or that it's... And it also depends if I'm going to a restaurant and something that's a brew pub that they're making their own beer on premises is a very different story than what I would look for in a grocery store or in a gas station where you might procure your uh, suds
2: (laughs) (laughs) you're trying to have take a cheap shot at me sir so tell me some of these brands some of these um craft breweries on on the east coast that some of the listeners might be uh, aware of some of the ones that you actually really like their output
1: one that i particularly like that almost any style they make that is really good is called great lakes out of cleveland Mm-hmm. Ohio. And, and
2: dis- describe the taste of a Great Lakes beer for us. A typical They're, Great Lakes
1: beer. They are full-bodied, and I believe almost every one of their beers follows the Reinheitsgebot. That's a German law from like the 1400s or the 1500s, where it only has four ingredients in it: water, yeast, hops, and a grain of some sort. Basically, almost any beer that you will drink is those four ingredients. But what they can do with those four different ingredients is amazing. Uh, Great Lakes makes many different styles. Another good one is called Founders, and I believe they're from somewhere out of Michigan. They make many, many different styles. So m- most of these breweries do make many different styles, like their standard lager. You know, if you had something like a um, something like a Labatt's or a um, I'm trying to think of a UK brand. The one from the UK that I'm most familiar with is Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Newcastle is a good beer, but it's almost like drinking flat soda pop sometimes i don't want to offend any of your uk listeners
2: no, no Snooky brown ale I, I think all ales are, are flat yeah hence i keep on saying i like wetness and bubbles for me that visceral bubbly vibrancy um is three quarters of the battle but then again i'm not a beer drinker so as you were sir
1: yeah and i think the ale and lager especially in You can get something like a Newcastle, like a brown lager, or a brown ale rather, from maybe a craft brewery that's just going to have all of those flavors and the good flavors are going to taste better and it's going to have a little bit less of those things. think they're just a little bit better quality of a product. Do you go
2: out to different microbreweries, Steve? Is it a case of trying to find new? taste sensations and you know looking at the new brews developed by I'd say
1: a brewery that you know but I'm not one of these people who will go and oh the you know they've just released this you know 15 kegs to one bar that's 60 miles from home I won't do something like that but if I'm going to a place that I'm familiar with and they have a new style I'll I will try that but well, I'll tell you what I did
2: have yesterday. I had a rather nice rice beer. Ooh. That went down so easily, Steve. Wetted my, the back of my throat
1: a treat. A set me up for a nice whiskey it did. Now you say that you are more of a whiskey drinker. What are some of the whiskeys that you enjoy to drink? Um, I'm kind of, I'm still a relative newbie on, on the whiskey front. Um, way
2: back in the day... Like 20 years ago, I thought the height of sophistication was ordering a Jack Daniels. And and basically what happened to me about 18 months ago, I walked into a bar. I didn't know what to order because, as I kind of said before, I'm not really, really a drinker. And the uh, barman said, well, you're in a bar, so you need to order a drink. And I said, "Okay, I'll have a Jack Daniels. And he said, no, I'm not going to serve you that. And I said, I beg your pardon. He said, it's <laughs> crap. And I said, well, why why do you have it behind the counter? And he said, well, because the, the area rep is really pushy, but I don't push the things myself. It, it, it's bad. If you want a whiskey, I'll give you this. So he gave me a quick overview into the world of kind of american whiskey so you know i think we maybe started with a, a knob creek which isn't anything particularly um exotic but like a, a grams a jeremiah weed uh, an old rip van vinkel um you know i've kind of gone through the, the gamut of them now what do you see in
1: um steve, when you have like a whiskey and steve yes who's interviewing who I t- <laughs> I know I've, I've fallen into my um, interviewing mode well I'll tell you what we're going to have to do uh, Mr. Guerra we're going to have to
2: uh, get you on to another Friday 15 and and we can talk whiskies and maybe it'll be uh, a little more of an even conversation but I have to say yes. Stephen Guerra thank you for coming on to Friday 15 and showing me and demonstrating that there's more to a good beer than just bubbles and a little bit of wetness Zombie is a protest song by Irish rock band The Cranberries. It was released in 1994 as the lead single from their second studio album No Need to Argue. The song was written by the band's lead singer Dolores O'Riordan and reached number one just about everywhere. Boys and Girls with a debut studio album from American rock band Alabama Shakes. It was released in 2012. The album peaked at number 6 on the US Billboard 200 and number 3 in the UK Albums Chart. The second track on the album is a beautiful blues sounding 60s lick, I Found You. week's show don't forget you can follow the show's progress on facebook by simply typing in friday 15 you can also find us on twitter where you can follow me around at royfield spelled r-o-i-f-i-e-l-d now every thursday you can jump onto twitter and tweet me and nominate a song for me to put into this week's friday 15 iTunes reviews, folks, are extremely important. They're the lifeblood of any podcast. Please go to iTunes and write us a, a glowing review. And don't forget, finally, you can email me where I'm Royfields, spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D, at gmail.com. See you all again in seven days' time for more good music and great conversation.
3: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods,